Let's give it to Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is here and He is mighty upon us. Come on, give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. The ransom of your life, give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus, your way maker. Give it to Jesus. Hallelujah. You are welcome to church. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Amen. Good evening, everyone. How are we today? How are we today? How's our week been? I know there's been a this week. Am I alone on that? No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, just before we go into the word, Father, we just thank you. Father, we thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you again for the privilege and the opportunity to gather here in your name. We thank you for your presence here tonight, oh God. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you fellowship with us so richly that it will be evident even as we step out of this auditorium today in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask for everyone that is on their way. Father, we ask, oh God, that your mercy will bring them here safe and sound in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I hear your amen? We just prayed for ourselves and for our brothers and our sisters on their way. Can I hear your amen? Amen. Um, thank you, Pastor, for the privilege to share the word today. Pastor is not here today, but the word of God is with us always. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Okay. B, I'd like to see you very close. That place is... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so tonight I'm going to be talking with us for very few in for a few minutes. I'm going to be talking to us about. I've been thinking of what to title it, actually, but I put down unforgiveness. Amen. Can you kindly open your Bibles with me to Matthew? Matthew 18. Is it on the screen already? Okay. Hallelujah. Anybody there just yet? Matthew 18. Verse 21. Are we able to use the projector today? No. Hallelujah. Okay, so I might need... Okay, I'll just work with this. Amen. Can somebody just read for us? Please help me, help me give you the microphone. Matthew 18, from verse 21, 21 to, 20, to 35. Then, 
Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven shall be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process of his debtors was brought in in the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his masters ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned, to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell, before, fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt was paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father would do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Hallelujah. That was a lengthy read, but that's so apt. Forgiveness. There was Peter asking, asking Jesus, I wonder what people had done to Peter for him to even ask that question. (laughs) Literally, Peter must have seen how Jesus was exemplifying how he wanted us to live. And that's why Peter had to ask, okay, this one will forgive, this one will forgive. Ah, This part on you, Jesus, forgive. They're trying to kill you. Jesus, forgive. There's someone that's betraying you, that's planning to betray you. Why have you forgive all of this? So Peter was just trying to be clear. Let's just get these things right. I'm not used to this, your own system. How many times should I actually forgive? Some versions will say 77 times. But says this version that you read says 70 times, 7 times. 70 times 7 is what, guys? 490 times. That's one person. One person. So I don't know. One person, at least 490 times. <laughs> Hallelujah. And this is what Jesus said to him. And I wonder, how? I can't imagine how Peter felt that moment when he answered him. Because I felt like, okay, I get you, I get you. So you're just saying, basically, I should just keep forgiving, Right? That's it. But that's actually what God expects of us. How many of us here, people have wronged us before? People have wronged us before. 
people have wronged you? Have they wronged you before? A lot. Everybody. So everybody. People have wronged you at one point or the other before. From that time to now, how have you been? Let's engage you. Let's engage. How have you been from the time that whoever or people have wronged you? Can, can someone just give me one instance of one offense that, ah, ah, this one, it's, it's, oh, jammy, laraje, oh, jammy, it pay me. Anybody has, has, has been in a situation like that? Liberty, you've been there. Please tell me, tell me, how has it been? What did you do? How did you, did you respond or react to the situation? How did you take it? How did it make you feel? And how are you now? Um, actually, sometimes um, it has happened in many occasions to me. But um, I've always allowed Holy Spirit to take charge so I won't offend man and offend God. And what I do is I will just keep quiet and leave. Probably I, sometimes I, I give myself this word, which is... Um, Avoid is not malice. Because it's got to a time I was pained, I was hurt by someone and it really pained me down to my bones and marrow. Is this well? Yes. Okay. It really pained me down to my bones and marrow. I was like, wow, really? So you could do this to me? And I was like, okay, no problem. So I just had to let go, created a little distance because if we keep seeing, if we keep meeting, if we keep talking, as at that point in time, wow, it will lead to maybe exchange of blows and and I don't want that, so I won't. <laughs> but did you forgive the person? Yeah, at the long run, I I forgive the person, but I just try to set my standard and make things clear. So And that has actually happened in so many cases with people I meet newly. I just try to make sure I don't give this breathing space enough to make them come in and misbehave. So. so are you able to set your standard with everybody that offends you? <laughs> because that's the truth. Yeah, yeah. If we're looking to set standards, what's your standard? What's your standard, really? My standard, for those who offend me, right? Uh, my standard is after the odds, after the offense, I forgive, I let go, and I try to avoid some things, but not malice. I make sure because as a Christian, you can't keep malice. You just try to avoid some things. So as long as your standard is love and trust, so your standard is God. It's a godly standard. Hallelujah. B, you want to say something? You have a question? Okay. We haven't even gotten into it. Okay, but yes, please. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, so I've heard a lot of people say, I, I forgave this person, but I've not forgotten. And then I've also heard people advise that forgive, but don't forget, like, because the person can do the same thing again. But for the Bible to say that you have to forgive somebody 490 times, that means you keep giving the person a clean slate. Like, the person person offends you, and then when the person comes back, you, you still allow the person offend you again. There are no boundaries. So, how how can I draw a line be, between those two um, principles? Hallelujah. We read the story. I like your question. We read the story of this man that was owing so much debt 
and couldn't pay. He was in so much debt, rather, and he couldn't pay. And the king said, you know what? You can go. Take all of it. He obviously, he was a servant. He obviously could not pay. He didn't have what it took to pay all the debt that he was owing. But the king was gracious enough to say, you can go. It means that for that, for him to, did we, we could, let's, let's take, let's take, um, uh, I'll take from verse, I'll take from verse 23 again. The kingdom of God is like a king who decided to square account with his servant. As he got underway, one servant was brought before him who had run up, run up a debt of $100,000. Now that dollars has gone up, just think about it. He couldn't pay up. And so the king ordered the man, along with his wife, children, and goods, to be auctioned off the slave market. The poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, Give me a chance and I'll pay back. Touched by his plea, the king led him off, erasing the debt. This debt this man was owing literally had to cost him himself, his freedom, his wife, all of his children, and all the goods that he, he owns, everything about him. And so even if, if as he, he, the, the, I mean, he was owing, so he couldn't pay. So they had to even keep him. So if they keep him somewhere, they collect, take his wife, take everything. He still can, could not afford to pay. But the king was gracious enough to let him go. And then this man, not long after he got his freedom, quickly went to meet his own, the person that was owing him. And said, you, and grabbed him and choked him. And said, you are owing me. Do you know, I can imagine the thoughts that was going through his mind. He quickly forgot what God just did for him. And he was calculating his freedom. Because to him, maybe if the person that was owing him had paid him, he would have been able to at least pay his debt. And so he was calculating his freedom. And that's why he didn't come from the place of gratefulness. He couldn't understand that the king was, had just been gracious to me. That's why he went back to grab that person. And see what happened after. I like to quickly go to the end. This was Jesus telling Peter, the kingdom of God is just like this. All right, and then, where did I stop, please? Verse 29, I'll take 29 again. The poor wretch threw himself down and begged, give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. But he wouldn't do it. He had them arrest. He had him arrested and put in jail until the debt was paid. He could never even pay the debt. I mean, if they put him in jail, there's no way he could even work for money. So he would have just been there for the rest of his life. Him, his wife, his children, everything that was attached to his existence. When the other servants saw this was going on, okay, yes, he was going to put the other person in jail. And when the other servants saw, saw this, was going, this going on, they were outraged and brought, a, and brought a detailed report to the king. The king summoned the man and said, You evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for mercy. 
Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy? The king was furious and put the screws to the man until he paid back his entire debt. And that's exactly what my father in heaven is going to do to each one of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asks for mercy. That means our forgiveness should be unconditional. When Jesus was saying to Peter, we should forgive 70 times, seven times. What Jesus was saying is, keep no track of your forgiveness. Keep no track of it. Don't start calculating. Okay, the person offended me last week. And that's how I did two years ago. You remember that time? You remember? Do not keep track of your forgiveness. Forgive completely. And guess what? I would, I would advise that you do what? You forgive in advance. As believers, that's what we're called to do. To forgive in advance. Hallelujah. And we should be ready at every point in time to be very extravagant in forgiving others, in extending this love to others. Forgiveness. God is, is an extension of God's love to us. And we should also always, always extend this love to people extravagantly, holding nothing back. Amen. Are we together? But a lot of times, what are we quick to do when, what, when, when people offend us? Boundaries. But we forget something. We quickly enter into a place of revenge. A lot of time, revenge is always the next thing. Eh, okay. And you are planning your own scheme. This is not what God has asked that we do. One thing that would always encourage us to forgive is when we stop looking at the people that offend us. Stop looking at the person that has hurt you. Stop looking at the person that has offended you. Look at the cross. Then and only then would you be able to truly forgive and forgive over and over and over again. See, when you do not keep track of how many times you have forgiven someone, it means that you have forgiven and you have forgotten. Have I answered your question? Never keep track of it. Don't ha- you don't have that time in your head, in your heart, in your... You don't have that time to start recording, oh, I forgive the person this, and when the person did this, it's too much a burden for you. The Bible says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And my yoke is light. Did I say that correctly? My yoke... Amen. I've mixed it up. Hallelujah. Don't take revenge and don't keep track of how many times someone has offended you. Don't keep track of how many times someone has, or how many, or don't keep track of how many times you have had to forgive someone. And there's so many reasons why. Let's open our Bibles. Romans 12 from verse 19. Can somebody please read? Romans 12, 19. Please use the mic. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written... It is mine to avenge. Right. I will repay, says the Lord. 
The battle is the battle is the Lord's. The battle is not yours. Let the Lord fight your battle. Do not take revenge. Don't plan schemes of revenge. Forgive extravagantly. Forgive in advance. Amen. So when we look at the cross, instead of looking at what the people that have hurt us or the things that they have done to us, when we focus on the cross, we are motivated to forgive more and more. See, when you are looking and focusing at you're focusing on the person or the people that have hurt you, you are losing track. You are losing track. Ask yourself, am I still on track? Amen. When you're focusing on the people or the persons or the situations, how bad it was, how embarrassing it was, how painful it was, when you focus on all of these things, we lose track. Then we begin to ask yourself, am I still in the covenant? Am I still in line with God's plan and purpose? When we take our eyes off all of these things and focus on the cross, there you begin to see all your pain, all your shame, every single thing that could have nailed you to that cross. Nailed on the cross, not on you. Then you understand the power of freedom that Jesus has given unto you. And so you can set other people free. You are motivated. You are inspired. You are encouraged to set people free. Amen. And we must forgive because for, if you don't forgive, if you, hold people in un, if you hold people in unforgiveness, it creates bitterness, hatred, anger. You will not even understand why you're doing certain things. I said, but that's not me, but, but, but. Have you some people say, I just don't like you. I just, I can't, I just can't stand you. Have you heard that, that? You've heard it before. But the Bible instructs us to still love these people. Even though that was a very hurtful thing to say, we must still forgive them and love them. Without keeping track. There's this song. You have a track record of keeping your word. That's God's track record. What is your track record as a child of God? What is your track record? Ask yourself, are you still in track? So if you keep counting how many times, you keep counting and keep saying, and you keep stacking it. Today, I forgive the person, this is it, you stack it here. I forgive that time when she did this, you stack it here. And you are keeping track. You're losing track. That's not God's plan. And we must forgive because, see, our life should exemplify Christ every single time. What would Jesus do? And trust me, I understand if you're telling me, no, you don't understand how bad this situation is. No, you don't understand how deep that pain is. No, you don't understand how bad it is. Guess what? You can always, always, always speak to your father about this situation. If Jonah could speak to God in the, in the, in the belly of a fish, you can speak to God inside that situation no matter how deep, no matter how terrible, no matter how bad, no matter how hurtful, no matter how painful that situation is, you can still speak to God 
God about it. Even in your pain, you can go on your knees and you can wail and cry your heart out to God. Jesus was on the cross. It wasn't easy. He was on the cross. And right there on the cross, he was just asking, if you will, Father, let this cup pass over. He was, he was ready to, he was in the will of God, right? He wanted to stay. He wanted to do this thing. But it was just a bit too much at that point. And he had to cry out to his father and said, if you can, let this cup, if you will rather, let this cup pass over me. Hallelujah. And sometimes some of us forgive. But we don't forgive from our heart. Somebody please open your Bibles with me to John 14. Somebody please read that for me. John 14 from verse 24. Anybody there quickly? Please give us a microphone. Thank you. Okay, you are there. Right. John 14, 24. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. Hallelujah. Amen. If you don't love God, you do not obey. And if God says forgive, and you do not forgive, it means you don't love God. If you don't forgive from your heart, then you don't understand the heart of God. Because forgiveness has to come from your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so when you are speaking, when you are saying, I forgive you, let it come from your heart. Let it come from the abundance of your heart. Let it not just be lip words, lip service. Amen. And so sometimes we should re- literally ask ourselves, what kind of person am I? Am I a person of hatred or a person of grace? Am I a person of forgiveness or a person of revenge? You know how some people, when they offend each other, they are so sure to know that this person is just keeping quiet. This person has plans for me. That's not what God, that's not how God expects us to be. That's not, that's not the kind of example God wants us to, to be as Christians. Called after his name. Called after his purpose. Forgiveness is not excusing. It's not, it's not excusing. It's not just saying, mm, okay, person, forgiveness is, is a covenant instruction. It's a commandment. Hallelujah. So we must always forgive from our heart. We must forgive deeply and passionately. Deeply and passionately. See, when you forgive someone deeply and passionately, you find yourself making excuses for the person, even when there seems to be no excuse. You find yourself saying, oh, okay, maybe this, 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 this happened. I forgive you. And you can truly forgive the person and try to see reasons why the person might have, even though it might not make sense, but try to see reasons why the person might have been that way. Because you're just being compassionate and just being gracious, just as your father is to you. Hallelujah. 
I want to encourage us today as we go home. Some of us have lists of people that have offended us or people that have hurt us. We have the list. And we're just holding them in own forgiveness. I want you to go and rip your list today. Rip it apart. Shred it and trash it. If your list is not a paper, your list is in your heart, rip that list apart. Shred it and trash it. Anyone that you're holding on forgiveness, shred it and trash that pain. Just, just shred and trash it. And this is why. See, unforgiveness kills. It kills your soul. It makes your soul malnourished. Makes your spirit malnourished. And when you are in unforgiveness, God is not there. Please open your Bibles to Mark. Mark 11 verse 25. I want us to quickly read that. I'm wrapping up very soon. Mark 11 from verse 25. Somebody wants to read that for us. Hallelujah. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Hallelujah. That's one reason why we must forgive. So that when you stand praying, your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. You must forgive people so that your Father in heaven will hear your prayers. He will forgive your sins. So we must forgive so that God will hear us, so that nothing alters our prayers to God. We must forgive so that we exemplify Christ to unbelievers. We must forgive so that we daily die to flesh. Amen. We must forgive so that the devil is not exalted in our lives. We must forgive so that the devil would not outsmart us. We must forgive so that God can accept our sacrifices of love, our labor of love. Let's quickly read Matthew. Matthew 5 from 23 to 24. Is anybody there? Matthew 5. Please use your microphone. Thank you. Therefore, if you are offering your gifts at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. Let me pause you. And there remember that your brother or your sister has something against you. This time it's not even you that has something against them, but you know somebody has something against you. Do you want to just call? You want to just call that brother and sister? And say hello, hi, my brother. How are you doing, sir? What's going on? Do we have a problem? Do we have something we need to talk about? I feel strongly that we have something to talk about. And trash the issue. Before you... Please, please, please round up, sir. First go and reconcile to them. Then come and offer your gifts. So your gifts... <laughs> is, is, I mean, is accepted by God. But first... 
after you have sorted the unforgiveness issues out, after you have reconciled your relationship with your brother and your sister, after you have reconciled your relationship with your boss at work, after you have reconciled your relationship with your husband, with your wife, after you have reconciled your relationship with your friend, It shouldn't be a thing of joy to us as believers to take revenge and see people in pain. It shouldn't be a thing of joy for us as children of God to begin to to, to be the reasons, to be the ones behind the strain on people's lives. Rather, we should be the oil that suits every pain. Just like our father, the balm of Gilead, we should be that balm too. He is the vine, we are the branches. You would never see, you would never see a mango tree have an, have an orange, a orange or an orange um, leaf. It will still be mango. So we should be like him in every area, in everything that we do. Unforgiveness is not left out. We should forgive completely. Even while Jesus was on the cross. When he was saying, Jesus, they were, he was, they were still mocking him. See you. And guess what he was doing? What did Jesus do? Father, forgive him. Forgive them. He was still praying for the people that were putting him to death. Forgive them for they know not what they are doing. Making excuses for them still. Is it your parents that have hurt you? And you're just saying, no, I can't let go. And you see, sometimes, let me tell you, unforgiveness is not a drive to success. Rather, it helps you pump your rage for doom. Some people, because their parents might have wronged them, so they hold the parents in unforgiveness and say, because of this my father or this my mother, this parent, I'm, I must make it in life. They have said I will never, I must make, and so that's their drive. And they begin to put their hands in everything ungodly. They lack wisdom. They lack counsel. They lack, they lack vision. They lack drive. What is driving them is totally different. And so eventually, because there's no counsel, and God has put a shepherd upon them, but because there's no counsel, because of bitterness, because of unforgiveness, they have already put a wedge in that place. And, and there's, no, there's, no, there's no easy flow. There's, that cover is not there for them. They begin to make foolish decisions that they eventually regret. Hallelujah. Is it your co-worker in a department or your leader that has wronged you? Or even your pastor? You see, what I love about it is Jesus didn't say we should forgive certain people or certain persons only. Every single person should enjoy this, your graciousness, this gift of graciousness that you have received from your father. When you see my father here today, 
you must be able to identify a few futures. And same as my mother, you must at least you be able to identify, okay, she has a nose, she has a this, she has a that, right? So everywhere we go as Christians, they should be able, the world should be able to see. This one, this one must be a Christian. This one, this one, what is this, Jesus? this one is a Jesus follower. This one is a Christian. These signs shall follow them. Hallelujah. And so we must always forgive so that the devil will not outsmart us. When you hold people in unforgiveness, that's when the devil begins to suggest different things to you. He begins to suggest ideas to you. He begins to suggest ideologies to you. Ideologies that you are smarter than, that you know better than to accept. But because you are in a place of anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness, you accept everything the devil brings you. It's attractive to you because you are just in a rage to revenge. This thing, how many of us know this thing? What's this thing? Uh-huh. Well, I do need that. My own is not making sound. <laughs> Hallelujah. This thing. I, I remember where I heard already from, but really it's true. You're doing this. Can you see? How many of my fingers are back? The person I'm even doing it to, how many is even going there? It's just this big finger that is going, right? But the remaining is coming back. Have you? And that's how it is when we decide not to forgive people. Hallelujah. I want to close now. But I want us to just rise up very quickly as we pray. If we keep track of how many times we forgive people, How many times do we offend God in a day? Imagine God keeping track of saying, you have done this now. Ah. And then Jesus didn't come. Just imagine it. But out of the graciousness of God, out of the love of God for us, his children, he had to create a way. He had to make a way where there seemed like there was no way. He had to make a way. And so maybe you've, you've had some level of unforgiveness in your heart towards certain people or person. I want you to just close your eyes and think again. Think about that situation. Think about the person. Think again. And ask yourself if Jesus was standing right before you. What would you do if Jesus was standing right before you in this situation? What would Jesus have you do? I'm just going to give us a few seconds to think about that. What would Jesus have you do? Look deeply into the situation. I know what Jesus will have you do. He will have you forgive this presence and he will have you forgive them completely from your heart. He will have you forgive them over and over again. 
And so I beseech you, brethren, my brothers and my sisters, tonight, please set those people free. This might be difficult for you, but the Holy Spirit truly helps. I want you to engage the Holy Spirit and ask Him to help you. Ask Him to heal your heart of that pain. The Lord is reaching out to us tonight. If this unforgiveness has been blocking your prayers from getting to God and your prayers have been bouncing back, your letters might have been bouncing back because of unforgiveness. It is time to let your letters have a free access to heaven. It is time to let your request have free access to heaven. It is time to let your dance offering, your labor of love, your sacrifice, your giving, have a free access to the Father's feet. No more bouncing back. It's still our month of divine intervention. Hallelujah. The Lord has intervened tonight. The Lord has intervened tonight. He has set you free. He has set you free. Come on, just speak to him. Thank him for intervening tonight. Lay it all at his feet and just thank him. Father, I thank you for divine intervention. Thank you for coming in on this matter. Thank you for setting me free from the bondage and the clutches of anger and bitterness. From the pain of unforgiveness. Thank you for setting me free with your love and your joy. In Jesus' name. I want us to just pray tonight for relationships that have gone sore, that have gone bad because of anger, resentment, and unforgiveness. Marriages that might have gone bad, business relationships that should prosper but have gone bad. Spiritual relationships that should have prospered but they have probably gone sour or bad because of unforgiveness. I want us to just open our mouth and just pray for ourselves and our brothers and our sisters in Christ that the Holy Spirit would indeed comfort them. The Holy Spirit will heal their heart of every pain and, and bitterness, every pain, every bruise in their heart. The Holy Spirit will heal them in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak tonight on behalf of my brothers and my sisters. Father, we ask, oh God, wherever there has been resentment and unforgiveness, or oh, every marriage that is going through resentment and unforgiveness, Father, we ask, oh God, that you send your balm of Gilead and heal the heart of those spouses, oh God. Turn their hearts to, their, to, their, to, to each other again in love, Father. In the name of Jesus, let your glory be made known in that marriage, in those marriages, in those business relationships. In the name of Jesus, amongst siblings, amongst parents and their children, amongst spouses, oh God, amongst in-laws, oh God. Let there be a divine intervention tonight, Father. 
and you will reconcile relationships. You reconcile hearts to each other. Every heart that is bleeding tonight, Father, you heal in the name of Jesus. Father, you suit in this heart, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Every pain you give joy. Every shame you give joy. You give beauty, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you even for the church of God the body of Christ, wherever people have been bruised, wherever people have been hurt, even in that church. Father, we ask that you heal their heart. You heal their heart. You mend these relationships in the name of Jesus. And so, Heavenly Father, that our lives may give you glory. That our lives may bring glory and honor to you, Father. That the devil would not outsmart us in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you give wisdom to those who desire and who need wisdom. Father, we ask that you give grace unto those who need grace in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that every fruit of the Spirit shall be made evident even in our lives, O God. In the name of Jesus, we have patience, we have self-control, we are kind, we are mild, we are gentle, we are loving. In the name of Jesus, Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. I believe there has been a setting free here tonight. Can we rejoice?